Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Hello, and welcome to Marriage Helper Live. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Beam. I will be taking your calls today and interacting with you if you would like to call. I would love to talk to you. This is a program about relationships. Most of the time, the callers call in about marriage difficulties, and I'm very happy to talk about that. But this is a program where we can talk about anything to do with relationships. We at Marriage Helper exist to help people with their relationships. And as a result of that, our CEO, the person who leads us, and she's a tremendous leader, Kimberly Holmes, has started some new things, not necessarily directly part of Marriage Helper, but certainly in harmony with Marriage Helper to help people with relationships. Let me tell you about something you can get right now, if you wish. She started a new podcast, and it's all about the pies. Now, if you've ever listened to us, you know that pies, P-I-E-S, stands for physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. And so she started a podcast about that, and I'm going to recommend that podcast to you. It's called It Starts With Attraction. And that's the name. You're going to need to know that. It Starts With Attraction. And you can listen to it on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and on and on and on it goes. And if you go out there and find your favorite way that you listen to to your podcast, whichever those it might be, when you find that, It Starts With Attraction by Kimberly Holmes. Uh, Not only listen to it, but be sure to subscribe. And if you will... Leave a rating and a review. That'll help us get this message about the pies reach even more people. Now, something tomorrow, May 5th, goes up special. I've done a program with Kimberly Holmes about emotional attraction. I think that if you listen to that, you're going to find some really interesting things to help you if you're married, help you with your marriage, if you're single, help you if you ever want to have a companion. And so that will be, it starts with attraction. Find it on your favorite place to find podcasts. Again, that's Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, all those kinds of things. And it's by Kimberly Holmes. And the one that starts tomorrow, the one that goes, she's already got some up. Go listen to those. They're there. And the one that goes up tomorrow, I'll be with her talking about emotional attraction. Now, if you'd like to talk to me on this program, and I'd love to interact with you, you can call 657. This is in the U.S., of course, so the uh, country code is 1. You can call 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. Now, if you wish to just listen, then you can call that number and listen on your smartphone or whatever phone you call on. If you wish to speak with me, Whenever you hear the answer, press the number one. And when you do that, that puts you in the queue to have your call screened. And that's the process you go through to finally get on here with me so we can talk. So, for example, in New Mexico, we have Kelly who did that earlier. And now we'll see what Kelly would like to talk about. Hi, Kelly. How are you doing today? Hi, Dr. Joe. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. I'm glad you are. How may I help you, my friend? Um. I am in the process with my husband of currently making an attempt to reconcile. Um, we have been separated for almost eight months, and during during that time, um, he had an affair with another woman, and uh, just things have been really rough, and now he's wanting to do the right thing he knows what the right thing is and that's to reconcile and try to put his family back together but um he he ended things with his affair partner about almost two weeks ago and and now we're trying to reconcile things but he's having a hard time getting her out of his mind and um he's just struggling internally with with all of the, the different things, with doing what's right and kind of doing mm-hmm. what, you know, he's he still has feelings, obviously. It's just not mm-hmm. something he can shut off immediately. So my That's question correct. is, um, you know, how can I, is, is there anything I can do to help him get over her? 
and okay. um, to help him understand. He also has this narrative about how what what they did doesn't really have any um, is wasn't wrong. Um, he's it, it goes against very much you know his previous moral standards. Um, he's justifying mm-hmm. that, and so there's just still that narrative there, and he's just mm-hmm. he's just struggling. He's having okay. such a hard time with it. So before we talk about him, Kelly, let's talk about you. Can okay. can you cope with this? Are you going to be okay helping him with this? Or, I mean, how are you doing and wanting to help him with this situation? <laughs> well, um, it's it's the hardest part for me is to watch him going through this struggle. He's added some behaviors um, that don't coincide with really who he is. He he started drinking heavily and. Mm-hmm. And um, doing things like that, and so he's using those things to try to cope. And I know that this mm-hmm. isn't him. It's very hard for me to watch. Right. Um, so I'm asking what you're feeling, Kelly. How are you feeling about this? Are, are you within? Do you feel you're strong enough to help him get through this process and put the marriage back together? How How are you feeling about you in this process? That's what I'm trying to ascertain right now. I I feel confident that I can do it. I just need to know what to do. Okay. Very good. And have you by any chance been to our YouTube channel to watch some of the uh, videos about limerence and those kinds of things? Yes. Yeah, I've watched as many as I think I could possibly take. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And for those that are not familiar with what I just was talking about, if you go to youtube.com slash marriage helper, all one long word, marriage helper, marriage helper, we have hundreds of videos there about all kinds of things. And what I just asked Kelly about was if she'd watch some of those about limerence. I'll spell that word for you. It's L-I-M-E-R-E-N-C-E. And so because you've watched those, Kayla, you have some knowledge of what he's going through and why he's acting so differently. Now, the question, the the second question about, okay, he's doing some things that are inconsistent with who he was before. We would anticipate that when a person has been in a limit relationship, even when a person's ending a limit relationship, that's not unexpected for us. And the fact, for example, that he started drinking uh, a lot more heavily, those kinds of things, often is a sign that a person is in pain and that he, in this case it's he, is trying to somehow um, alleviate that pain by covering it up, those kinds of things. And you sound like to me that you're a very intelligent person. Am I assuming that correctly? (laughs) Thank you. Okay. I, I can't I answer that. <laughs> well, I know you. I, I'm not asking you to be arrogant, but you seem pretty sharp to me. And so the, the real question doesn't doesn't become about that behavior because that behavior will, in time, rectify itself if you can get the first part done. And what you asked was, is there some way I can help him get over her? The first thing to understand, and I think you do understand this, and so I'm not speaking just to you, Kelly, but other people listening out there, but one of the first things to understand is it does not like that. It's an emotion, and that emotion is pretty doggone intense, and when it starts to go away, it takes a while to do that. And so it's not like an immediate 90-degree drop. It's more of an angle, and it takes a little bit of time to do that. We have a person that actually works with us. Her name is Petra, and Petra was married, is married to Richard. And on our website in various places, you can find articles and statements about Petra about how she helped Richard. And I'm not speaking out of school. This is all very public. Otherwise, I wouldn't be using their names. And and how that when he came back, he was still feeling a great deal of emotion and therefore mourning, actually grieving, the the ending of the relationship with the other woman. And Petra had to make a choice. And, you know, she could say, hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more, no more, no more, like Ray Charles would in that song. Or she could try to help him go through the grief process. And she did. She actually helped him through the grief process. Now, therefore, what I'm recommending is, if you can, and it sounds to me like you can, I think you're a pretty remarkable person just by listening to you. If you can. What you do is that you try to understand his pain. And if he wishes to talk about her and it doesn't just rip you apart, I know it's not going to be pleasant. I know it to some degree is going to be painful, but if it's not destructive to you, as he talks about some of those things, you can actually help him go through that grief process. And, and everybody who loses or gives up anything that's been important to them will go through some sort of grief process. And if you do that, 
you can help him by being the strong person who tries to understand. It doesn't mean that you have to uh, validate what he did. Uh, one woman I know who did this, for example, when her husband would do that, she said she didn't keep repeating this, but she let him know up front, well, you know, I believe what you did was wrong. But then she didn't have to keep saying that. And when he would talk, she would listen. And she would try to understand. And she would talk about, well, you know, how can we transition these emotions with time back to the two of us? And because she wasn't doing it in a pressure type fashion, because she was doing it easily and slowly, it actually worked. And so, Kelly, I'm going to give you something that Kimberly and I have been working on for some time. Kimberly, our CEO, uh, maybe just maybe we'll finally get it recorded in the next few weeks, although I actually thought we would record it a few weeks ago. This pandemic thing has actually slowed us down on a lot of stuff. But let me give you a thing I call the five E's. I've actually done it on this program before. And, and you can go back and listen to it later. You can actually listen to this program later if you don't get it all up front. But this process kind of goes like this. If you, if you hold up your left hand and look at it and you look at your thumb, the thumb makes things easier. And so think, okay, the first thing we're going to do is try to make this as easy as possible for each of us. What I mean by that is you're not going to be pushing. You're not going to be demanding those kinds of things. Being at ease means that he and you are going to feel comfortable enough to talk about things. Now, there's a lot more to that than what I'm saying, but I'm giving you the brief outline. And then if you hold up your, your first finger there, that index finger, that, so the thumb makes things easy. So think that, okay, we're going to make it as, as easy as we can. That's what the thumb reminds you of. That index finger, that's the finger with which we explore things. You know, like you see something, I put my finger up, what is that? And so think about that as being the explore finger. And the, the way to do that is to help him explore his emotions and help him explore his behavior but without doing it in a pushy sort of way. Again, we're back to that first one, the ease. It's not going to be demanding like, what were you thinking? Why did you do that? Not that kind of exploration. But over time exploring, and not just exploring how he feels, because you don't want to do too much of that. You're not a counselor. You're not a therapist. So it's not going to be too much of exploring what he feels, or you actually can lead him to feel some of those things again. You don't want to do that. But just enough of, I'm just trying to understand. But I'm also wanting to explore, okay, what kind of things do you think I can do to be of assistance? What kind of things do you think you can do to help us progress? And so the exploration process is finding out what each one of you wants in terms of putting this thing back together. And then that next finger, that middle finger, that's the finger we Americans use to explain things. <laughs> you may at some point have explained to another driver with that finger what you thought of his or her driving skills. And so the explain thing is, after you've been exploring enough that each of you feels understood, because he needs to understand you just as much as you need to understand him, then that middle finger is explain. Okay, here's, here's what I can do, and here's what I can't do. And if you're asking me to help you with this, I can do this, this, and this, but let me tell you why I can't do that other thing. If there's anything that he asks that you can't do or anything that you ask that he can't do, all that's discussed, not argued about, not, not become a period of a point of conflict, but just trying to understand each other and then that explain. So explore, very, very important. Take a lot of time with that. And then the explain, also very, very important. Okay, here's what we can and here's what we can do. Here's what we will do. Here's what we won't do. And then that next finger over there, that's the ring finger that's engaged. And that's when really you get into true reconciliation. All these other things are part of reconciliation. But the way I think about it is you start reconciling once you start making these commitments based on those first three things you've done. And when you start making those commitments to each other, that's when you will live up to those. And then that final finger down there, that's the one we excel with, which means that you follow through those kinds of things. Now, I know I said that really fast, and I've been asking Kimberly for some time, let's find a way we can do this together and make this reconciliation process clearer for people out there. But it's a way that you can help him go through this grief process, which he is going through, and help him also become closer and more committed to you, but it's a step at a time. Now, I know I did that really fast, but did that make any sense to you at all, Kelly? That helps a lot. I'm hoping to be able to utilize that and several other things that, that you guys put out through your podcast and hopefully maybe get to do a workshop soon, too. 
Oh, we would love to you do that. Right now we're doing workshops online and they're going extremely well, Kelly, online. And people don't have to spend all the money to get to Middle Tennessee. And the online workshops are working far better than I ever thought they would. So look into that. But but you can do this. And thank you for the amazing strength you have that you want to help him work through this rather than just ending it. That says a lot about you, young lady. So thank you for being you. Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Joe. You're welcome. I took a long time there, more than I do with most callers, but I wanted to put those E's out there in front of you guys. And I realize, again, I've done that really, really fast. But if I can get Kimberly together with us, the pandemic's keeping us apart and all those kinds of things. Maybe we and I, and I promised some time ago that she and I would make a series of videos on that and make it available. And I'll have to check with her to make sure she's still willing to do that. And I'll flesh all of those things out much, much more in detail. We'll probably wind up doing an hour and a half to two hours of videos, meaning like, you know, a 20 minute one here, 30 minute one, and that whole package comes together to explain how to do those things. And by the way, understand that I have copyrighted those E's, so don't try to steal those from me. Okay, please understand that. Now, let's go here over to, uh, and, I, and I'll try to be briefer for those of you who are waiting out there. I'll try to be briefer. I'm going to go over to uh, Angela in New York. Hi, Angela, how are you today? Hi, Dr. Beam. I'm good. How are you? Rocking and bopping. How may I help you, my friend? Okay, so um, quick background. Um, my husband and I have been married for 24 years. We have three children. Um, it's a very difficult time right now. We've been separated for nine months. He lives with his mom. Um, next week would be our 25th wedding anniversary, so difficult time right now. Um, he, um, he lives with his mom. There does not seem to be a limerick other that I know of, but I don't know for sure. Anyway, I've been following marriage helper principles for a while now. I did the Save My Marriage course. I work my pies, all that good stuff. Um, so recently, my husband told me that he does want to move forward with the divorce. And, um, you know, he kind of seems like he has it all figured out. He wants to go through mediation and keep it very simple, use the same lawyer, keep it inexpensive. Um, and I told him, you know, I, I've made it very clear to him that this is not what I want, but if he insists on it, then I would like to get my own lawyer to protect myself, um, you know, that I don't really want to go through mediation, and I've just been advised that I should get my own lawyer. Um, well, he has become very angry over this because he thinks by me getting my own lawyer that I'm trying to, like, quote, unquote, put the screws to him. Um, he seems now to want nothing to do with me. Um, if I do reach out using smart contact, I always use smart contact. Um, his answers are very like short and unfriendly. Um, so at this point, I'm not sure, do I continue with smart contact or do I just kind of stop altogether? What do you want to do, Angela? I would like to um, keep reaching out using smart contact. I, I would like to try to keep the lines of communication open. I, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that's the only way to create positive interactions between the two of us. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we talk about these kinds of things, and, and you probably have heard us talk about this before because you're familiar with some of our material. I'll talk about it a little bit broader for others out there who are not. We talk about things about pushes and pulls. And, and to give a brief overview of this that Angela probably already knows, but let me just do it for anybody else listening that's new. The first thing we talk about, if you, if you want to put a marriage back together that is in difficulty, if, if your spouse, for example, wants out of the marriage for whatever reason, we say that the first thing that you should examine are there, would be, are there any things that you're doing that are major pushes pushing your spouse away? It doesn't mean are you being a perfect wife or a perfect husband because those people don't exist. Nobody is perfect. And so we're not looking for perfection. And we're saying, okay, of the things that you do in interaction with your spouse, is there anything big enough that makes him or her want to be away from you? That even if they weren't with somebody else, they would be thinking, I'm better off alone than being with you. And you say, what kind of pushes are you talking about, Dr. Bean? <clears throat> Pardon me. I have some allergies going on here. Pardon me. We talk about things like, do you treat your spouse with disrespect? Does he or she feel disrespected by you? 
not just because a little thing here or there, but it's a big pattern, or does he or she feel unloved, or, or does he or she feel that you just don't like them? Do you try to control them? Do you try to manipulate them? Do you always try to get your way? So what we say is you look for big, big pushes, whatever they are, and if you want to put a marriage back together, you eliminate the big pushes. You stop doing the things that were pushing, that were pushing the other person away. And then sometimes, of course, there are just things out there pulling them. And, and if you've got a lot of big pushes, it doesn't take much of a pull for them to want to leave. But, but even if you're hardly doing any pushes, if there's a big pull out there, they still may want to leave. But it's not because of what you're doing. It's because of the attraction that pull has, which can be another person, which can be a lifestyle which can even be a fantasy they're chasing. It can be a number of things. Now, I'm not saying that any of this is applicable to Angela directly. I just wanted to get that principle out there so now we can talk to Angela about her situation. So here's what, Angela, here's what I'm hearing you say now that I've kind of given that big general principle for everybody, is that he sees you're getting a lawyer as being a push, correct? Yes, correct, yes. Okay. Now, it's not unusual, it's not unusual for a person to react like that when they're not getting their way. My guess, I don't know your husband, so it's obviously a guess, but my guess is that he had it all planned out. This is how it's going to happen. This is how it's going to work. This is what it's going to be. And he expected you to completely go along with that. And then you didn't. And that infuriated. Right. Okay. But that right. push. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> okay. But some pushes, we say some pushes are needed. In other words, while we try to get people... <laughs> Again, I apologize for my allergy here. Um, okay. <laughs> when we try to get people to eliminate pushes, there are some pushes that you need to do. And so, for example, and, and uh, I don't know all about your situation, but let me just give an example here. If you had a husband, for example, who was leaving and not giving any child support for the kids, and let's say the wife then goes to get an attorney to go to the judge to get child support for the kids, and, and he reacts negatively to that. We'd, she said, well, I, he saw that as a big push, and we'd say, yeah. Yeah, but it was a push that you needed to do. And so what we always try to advise people to think about is this. If you're going to do the push, think about the negative consequences and the positive consequences. And sometimes, sometimes you just need to do it even if your spouse is going to react negatively. And in the situation where you're thinking, no, I don't think this mediation thing is going to work for me. I really need to be protected. It makes sense to me that you would get an attorney. It makes sense. It also is not surprising whatsoever that he would react very negatively to that. But it's still something you needed to do for you. Now, if you were to give up on that and just say, okay, I'm, I'm going to do whatever the heck you want me to do, in my opinion, and this just means guess because I don't know him, is that you probably would lose ground. Because once you do something that stands up for you, as long as you're not trying to be vengeful, as long as you're not trying to control the other person or, or make the other person miserable, in other words, your motives really are, this is something I need to do here, okay? If you do that, okay, and the person reacts negatively, we say it's probably going to work against you if you back up a bit now. Because you really do need to stand up for yourself. And while a person may react negatively in the short term, in the long term, it actually has a greater likelihood of creating more respect for you. Like, she's not going to let me run over her. She's not going to let me have my way no matter what I want to do. She's going to stand up for herself. And so while we might react negatively in the short term, that's more likely, based on the experience we've had with thousands of couples, that's more likely to create a pull in the long run. Like, wow, okay. she's strong. She can handle herself. Now, if your attorney does something he doesn't like and he says something about you're just trying to um, screw me over, drain me dry, whatever, we recommend that you say this. Hey, I'm willing today to try to work the marriage out. If you want to do that, great, let's do it. But as long as you persist, uh, persist in this particular course that you're on, then I know I can trust my attorney to look out for my best interest. I'm not quite convinced I can trust you to do that because I don't know what all you're thinking or doing. In other words, make your attorney the bad guy, not you. I'm just following my attorney's okay. advice. That's what they're paid for. They're the gladiators. I'm following my attorney's advice, and I, I'm really, I hate the fact that that makes you feel bad or makes you angry. But, hey, want to work the marriage out? We can do that because I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm just trying to protect me. And so my suggestion, and of course, it's always your decision, but my suggestion, Angela, is you don't back off on this. You keep okay. doing it. And the smart contact would be don't push any other way. Okay. Just, just be there. 
Does that making any sense to you whatsoever? Yes, it makes perfect sense. Good. All right, my friend. Uh, I hope Thank everything you. works out for you. I really do. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Bean. Thank you. I very much appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Angela. By the way, and I didn't say this to Angela because I've already hung up. <laughs> she said that she's been married 24 years, yet she has one of the youngest sounding voices I've ever heard. She, I bet she's just a really great person to be around. Doesn't have an old person's view of life like sometimes I do. <laughs> a better view of life than that. Okay, and so now let's go up to Canada for a while and let's talk to Michael up there. Hi, Michael. How are you today? Good, Dr. Joe. Uh, how about yourself? I'm doing very well, what? my friend. How may I help you? So, background on my situation, I've been uh, separated from my wife for coming up 10 months now. Uh, oh. We've got 10, 10 children, or 10 children, 4 children. Uh, we've been married uh, 11 years. Wait, I, wait, 10 I going on 11. Michael. Did you say you have 10, 10 children? children? Is that what you said? No, no, 4 children. I, I, it was... Uh, a mental um, mistake there. Ten years okay, no. going on, eleven years <laughs> married, four four children. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I thought you said was you've been married ten years with ten children, and I thought you have been a busy boy, Michael. All right. So <laughs> you've been married ten years, you get four children. I'm sorry. Let's go from there. No, it's okay. Um, and so, so during the separation, um, you know, I I think I went through sort of this typical process, you know, not doing some of the right things, not, not approaching the situation. Well, you know, it's been an education. Um, I think, I think I've shifted my approach substantially and, and, and that has yielded um, improvement in, in our, sure. in our relationship. Um, but I, I really do feel it, it seems like things have become quite stagnant. And, and when, so one of the, one of the issues in the past was pushiness or controlling this and so i'm it's it's a very sensitive matter for me to be bringing up um any anything that's a a push in in wanting to go into the the reunitive um direction um i i, I do read a, a lot of your guys's um articles and the videos and stuff like that and uh you know one of the things i came across recently was you know, engaging the help of an outside party. And I, I was just wondering, is, like, is that like, like a friend or a trusted advisor? Um, I, I basically am just saying, I, it, it seems like things have sort of flatlined. And mm -hmm. is there, is there anything that I can do to, to sort of nudge things, but keeping in mind that, you know, there is a sensitivity to anything that can be perceived as, as controlling or pushy. Um, yeah. Okay, good question. Did was it something we said that led you to uh, think that you should get an outside advisor? Oh, um, so I don't know if it was fair to characterize it as outside advisor. It was it was our, the second article from Should Christians Separate? And uh, if I if I read it correctly, there it it, was, it seemed like appealing to sort of a neutral party um, to to talk to to the wayward spouse or the, the, the reluctant spouse um, might okay. have a, a benefit in some way, but I, yeah, that's, that does, that, okay. that, that sort of surprised me because it sort of doesn't seem to be consistent with, um, you know, a lot of no, the it's messaging. Not. <laughs> yeah. It's not. If, yeah. I, if I wrote, if I wrote that, I must've written it many years ago because that's okay. not definitely not what I think now. If, if you will, Michael, do me a favor. If you'll email us at info at marriagehelper.com and put, and just mm -hmm. tell what that article is. I want to take a look at that because that's not what I think is a good idea. Because okay. if you engage a third party, we do, we do suggest we actually have a thing called intervention. And if you went on to marriagehelper.com and looked, you can and typed in intervention on the search engine there, you can find it. We do recommend that if somebody's doing something that's destructive, that sometimes you do need to get people to do an intervention. Like for example, if a person is drinking heavily and they're going to wind up killing themselves, or, or whatever, you know, sometimes an intervention makes, makes sense, but that's a different kind of thing than what you're talking about here. My fear is if you engage a third party, it's going to feel like manipulation. 
Mm-hmm. Isn't that mm-hmm. how you would kind of perceive it? That that if some third party, even if it's some third party that you care about, that if you had that third party or ask a third party to go talk to her, how do you think she'd react? Yeah, no, that, that's that was, you know, I think there there's a point in time where where I wouldn't have seen that, but that that's what sort of surprised me uh, because you know I, I guess I, my shift my my thinking has shifted, but then you know so then. I guess my question still boils down. That sounds like that's a bad idea. Okay. I, that makes sense then now, but then what beyond just consistency with like the pies and smart contact is there, or, or, or that just is, is it, if, if I'll say that it seems, you know, we just had an opportunity to discuss over the weekend on um, money matters. And, you know, it was, it seemed like every, every step we went, there was opportunity for it to become a little bit personal you know, I could really pick up on that sort of hostility or uh, mm-hmm. aggression, and I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The, the, I wish I had a magic formula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are people on the internet who claim they have it, but they're all charlatans and frauds. I wish I had a, mar- a magic formula that would suddenly change what the other person feels about you. If ever I discover that, I'll I'll call you Michael <laughs> because I'll share okay. it with you. But really, it's a process. And when we, if we go back to the thing I was talking about a couple of minutes ago, if you happen to hear me talking to a previous caller, it's all about pushes and pulls. I did. And, and what we recommend is don't do anything that's a push unless there's a good reason for that push. Now, if there's a reason for it, like I, I need child support, then you do it. There's a reason for it. Or I, I'm, I'm going to talk to the judge about not letting my children spend time with my spouse because my spouse is drinking heavily and I'm afraid for my, my children's safety. Then, then that's a push as far as the spouse is concerned. But it's essential. I mean, you, you really need to do it. And, and what I'm hearing you say is you pretty much have eliminated any pushes, but... But the thing to do, and the reason we talk about pies, you know, the physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, and, and the second part of the love path, which is acceptance, where we talk about being that safe place where the other person can, using the metaphor we use, take the bricks off the wall, those kinds of things, those are pulls. And, and while we would love it if those pulls just worked like that, you know, automatically and powerfully, actually, it's just kind of a thing that has to happen over time. And so by eliminating as many negatives as you can and then doing as many of the pulls as you can, the positive. So, for example, I don't know if you heard earlier, but um, uh, Kimberly Holmes, our CEO, has started a series of podcasts. And the name of the podcast are It Starts With Attraction. And uh, they're out there already. You can find some of them like on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, all those kinds of things. You can find them there. And the one that starts airing tomorrow, I do with her. And on that one, I talk about emotional attraction, which is exactly what you're talking about now. Now, those podcasts are free. Mm. I don't have a link to give you, but if you look it up, it starts with attraction. Kimberly Holmes, if you find that, you'll find the right one. And I suggest that you listen to that tomorrow and, and hear what we're talking about when we say, okay, what do we mean when we talk about emotional attraction? And even then, though, Michael, it takes time. And I wish there was a faster yeah. answer to that. It sounded to me like, though, that you had potential for some pushes in the recent conversation, but you were sharp enough that you headed off the pushes and kept the conversation calm and reasonable. Is that what I just heard you say? Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. I mean, I, I have a tendency to interrupt sometimes, but um, I'm more cognizant of that. And I, I mean, all in all, that, that conversation didn't go badly. It, it's just I, I assess that underlying their it's like mm-hmm. it was discouraging. I guess you could just say it was. It, it, there seemed to be evidence of, um, you know, that that emotional resistance on her side still. Mm-hmm. And I can understand you're feeling that. I really can. But in our world, sometimes we see it positive if it just wasn't negative. <laughs> what do I mean by that? Yeah. Okay. You may you may walk away from it going. Huh, I don't know if that accomplished anything. It didn't feel that great. But if it didn't go negative, we still see it as being a positive. Like okay, that's at least a step in the right direction. And by the way, I just looked it up and I found out um, it's if you want to find out more about this podcast thing, and I think it would be directly applicable to what you're talking about. You can go to itstartswithattraction.com. All along one word. It starts with attraction.com. And Michael, if you can okay. just be patient, my friend, and keep doing the right things, you have a shot at it. Thanks, Doctor. You're very welcome, Michael. Uh, I, I hope and pray it works out for you, my friend. I really do.
Okay, Thank now you. we're going to go down here, and we're going to go from Canada down to the other end of America, from Canada. We're going to go down to Florida, and we're going to talk to Deanne. Hi, Deanne. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you um, that I get to have this opportunity to speak. Um, I am going to just try to organize my thoughts and I wrote them out and I'm just going to state them in that order just to give you uh, the background. Um, I've been divorced. I've been divorced for a year and a half. Uh, We were married for 39 years. We have three adult sons. Um, In the last 10 years, 10 to 15 years of our marriage, we had struggled off and on. We had some issues with our youngest son. It uh, financial issues as well. It put a lot of stress um, on our relationship. It really showed, um, our lack of communication and, and the way we managed uh, these difficulties that we had with the son. Um, I ended up taking a job in Florida uh, after looking for one for a year and a half. And I was a stay-at-home mom at that time, involved in homeschooling and what have you in the earlier years. Um, so the job was all-consuming. And my husband, on the other hand, was struggling because it was at the time when that recession hit and he just couldn't find the job being in that um, middle age. So uh, it just took a long time for him to get on. It's just that background. Um, mm-hmm. He worked for my son, um, and he left me when I was out of town um, on a trip. I came home, and he had moved in part-time. Well, he had moved in with my son. I had the room. My son had the room. He has a big house, family, and all that. Well, mm-hmm. Apparently, he'd been involved in an emotional affair with a, a co-worker who also works for my son. They're still there in the employment. And um, let's see here. They were supposed to have gotten married last weekend. And uh, because of the COVID, they didn't have this happen uh, for whatever reason. And um, for what I can't explain um, – over the last 19 months that I've been living in this apartment, he um, would contact me by phone every now and then, uh, sort of sneaking, talking to me. And then he just uh, sporadically started showing up a few times. Um, like in March, he showed up here two times at my apartment. A week and a half ago, he also showed up. And he asked if he could come into my apartment and use the bathroom. Um, he... I wouldn't do any push behavior, although when this first all fell apart, I did everything I shouldn't do. Um, he told me that he, uh, he reminded me that I had failed him sexually in the last couple of years. He said okay. he only had so many, he put it, dick years left. Okay. Um, so how might, how might I help you do it? So what, um, I can't make sense of what he's doing, and I'm, I'm trying to ascertain and come to some conclusion as to why is he coming around when he hasn't come around and he's in the process of getting married. It doesn't make sense to me that he would be doing this. So I'm wondering if you can enlighten me in some way as to this behavior, what's in his head, what's causing this to go down. I At think the point, only person who could possibly do that would be him. Now, when he comes around... Does he stay very long? Do you talk? It's it. it uh, what goes on when he's there? Well, we do talk. Um, it's light. I don't ask questions. I don't ask mm-hmm. any probing questions. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he uh, um, asks me how I'm doing. He does make. He he tells me he's attracted to me. Um, mm-hmm. He makes some of those kind of innuendos. I mean, literally, he'll he'll comment so on you, how nice I look. So does he try to have sex with you? Is that what you're saying? hasn't tried this time. No, he hasn't tried in the last 19 months. But yes, when we were separated, he did try. Uh, okay. but he, we were, so now he's just he showing up to talk. Him. Yeah, more or okay. less. I mean, he makes it clear that he just happens mm-hmm. to be in the area, but it's clear that he can't just happen to be in my area. Right. I mean, and so have he, you asked him? Um, well, no, because he's already explained to me that he had an estimate. He just happened to be in the area. Oh, one time he just happened to see me. Um, and Mm -hmm. I just assume he's got something to share with me, but he doesn't share 
Mm-hmm. He just. So do you think it would be a bad thing if you say, you know, I hear what you're saying, but in my mind, this doesn't make sense. So is there something else going on in your head or something else going on in your heart? If you were to do that, do you think he would answer? I think he may, you know, the second, the second time he showed up here, I was waiting. I, I felt this heaviness uh, about mm-hmm. him. Uh, and I thought, so you're wondering I, if I things are going badly with the other woman. That's what you're wondering, right? You're wondering if he's trying to come back to you, but maybe just only kind of trying to come back to you. Is that what you're wondering? I, I see that he is in a very difficult situation because he bought a house where she lives. All of, she has mm-hmm. two little kids, 25 years younger than him. They moved right. in with them. Okay. And but the question I heard you he ask was, was what's in his head? What's he doing? Do you, is, yeah. is there a part of you that's hoping that what's in his head is that somehow he's trying to reestablish things with you? Well, um, yes. Uh, I've been standing for this marriage for now three years from the day he walked mm-hmm. out. I, I got coaching from um, you uh, prior to you. It was with Laura Doyle. Um, you know, unfortunately, I didn't have the information I needed those first six months, and I did a lot of push behavior initially, mm-hmm. uh, Got you. which wasn't really helpful. Okay. Well, the, the short answer is I can't tell you what's in his head. A little bit longer answer is that is it possible that, that things are deteriorating with her? Yeah, that's very possible. I can't guarantee that's the case, but it's definitely possible. If, if he was deeply involved with her emotionally in, in what we would refer to as a limerent relationship, my experience with limerence is that it typically goes through three phases. The first is called infatuation, which we don't need to talk about now. The second one is what I call crystallization, which, again, we don't have to talk about now. And the third is what I call deterioration. And in that process, in the first two, if you get way up there high in the infatuation, or definitely when you get into the crystallization, people have tend to have what we call the halo effect toward the other person, which means that whoever the LO, the limit object is, they, they don't have the ability to see the flaws in him or her. They just think, okay, this person is everything I want him or her to be, et cetera, et cetera. And that's when typically, particularly in phase two, that crystallization is when they usually have little to nothing to do with the spouse that they have abandoned for that person. The fact that he's coming back around and that he's talking to you even lightly, might that indicate that he is in the deterioration phase with her? And the answer is, yeah, that may well indicate that. I cannot guarantee you that. I can't tell you that for sure. But I'm telling you, yes, that's very much of a possibility. If things are deteriorating with her, might he be really happy that because of the COVID that they couldn't get married this past weekend, if things are deteriorating with her, my guess is he's very happy that that's the case. But again, I don't know. I'm making guesses. I don't know your husband. And when he comes around you, it really becomes your decision. Do you want to encourage that or not? But, but even though pushing is not a good thing, you know all about that. I mean, you've said enough here that I understand that you understand the vocabulary and you understand the principles and that's excellent. You could, if you felt it was the right time in one of his visits with you, if you were to say, you know, I was kind of hoping there was more to it than you were just in the area and just, just make a statement like that. Don't push, don't say it begging, don't say it pleading, whining, nothing like that. You just say it calmly and strongly. I was kind of hoping there'd be more to the fact that you dropped by just because you were in the area. If indeed there's something going on in his head that's potentially leading back to you, that may, notice I said may, open the door for him to talk to you about that. I cannot guarantee that it will, but it may. But understand the risk that goes with that. If you were to say it was kind of hoping it was more than you were just in the area, say it calmly. Don't follow it up with anything. Just say that. If indeed he is totally confused and afraid of his own actions, it could actually send him the other way. Where it's like, crap, what am I doing? I, I, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing and he might leave. So, Deanna, really it comes down to you as, as this. If you're comfortable with him still coming by like he's doing now and having that light talk, if that's comfortable for you, I don't see any big major worry about doing that. Now, if I, if it were I, and he did go ahead and marry that other person, I'd probably say, you know, I don't want you coming around here anymore. But then that's still up to you. If you want to be friends with him, even if he marries the other woman, that's your choice. But right now, is he trying to move back towards you? Possibly. 
It very well may be the case, particularly because of the fact that the other wedding was so close at hand. It may well indicate that, but I don't want to give you false hope. And so my recommendation, my suggestion would be this. If you can handle it, just take it a day at a time. And if you enjoy him being there, keep letting him come. If he starts opening up, if he starts taking bricks off his wall, as we would say, if he starts telling you things about him that's that's self-revelatory, be kind and understanding. I am amazed at your strength already. I mean, you've been standing a long time, even after divorce, which means that you're a pretty strong person. And so if you can just kind of ride this horse as it is for a while, and I guess as you will find out one way or the other what's really going on, but that becomes your choice. And that's totally up to you. Okay, we're going to go back to Canada now. We're going to go, is it is it pronounced Bettina? Is that how you pronounce your name? Yes, that's right. Okay. How may I help you, Bettina? Um, well, I'll just start with my question. I would like to know if going home would be a push behavior. Um, my husband told me at the beginning of January that he wanted a separation. Um, he didn't tell me he was interested in someone else for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I was super grieved and devastated. Um, Mm. Thankfully, I found your website, and it gave me a lot of hope and encouragement. Um, Through this whole journey, he did have a moment of, like, sheer repentance where he was so sorry. He turned back to me. He turned back to God. Um, But it only took four days after that for him to say, oh, no, I'm back with her. Mm. Um, That made it all the harder. And because of that up and down... I said to him, I can't do this anymore. I need to go home. So I'm at my parents right now with the kids. Um, mm-hmm. And he's there alone. And because of COVID, he's working from home. Um, and he's able to see the other lady whenever he wants, however he wants. And mm-hmm. my, I'm just wondering if me being separated from him physically is encouraging him further to distance from me or if I should go home. He said I'm welcome to go home whenever I want, but that means he would move out if I came home. Um, I'm just not sure. Yeah, back to my question. Would it be a push behavior to go home? It's Push behavior is always determined by how the other person reacts to it. So, for example, when we talk about smart contact, if the other person's happy with you calling them every day, then we'd say, okay, calling them every day is not a push behavior. If the other person is not happy with you calling them every day, we said then calling them every day is a push behavior. So it really has to be determined by how the other person reacts to it. And what I just heard you say is that he told you that if you move back there, he's leaving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so does that lead you to understand that he would see it as a push behavior? Yeah, maybe. I think he would. Um, I'm just concerned that being so far away encourages him to be more emotionally distant. When I was there and he was going through this, I want to be with her. No, I want to be with you thing. I was able to encourage like good Mm -hmm. conversations with him where we built, where we actually had some emotional intimacy. I was Mm -hmm. able to have sex with him, which encouraged physical intimacy um, he actually, when he had repented, he actually said, thank you so much for sleeping with me. Cause then I didn't sleep with her. Um, oh, good. and so that's where my concern is coming from. Right. And I think all that's very reasonable. It seems to me that you think logically, and if you had not left home and if you were calling to say, uh, Dr. Beeman, your opinion, should I leave home? I would have always said, like I said to everybody, well, it's your decision, not mine. But I would have recommended that you not leave home for all the reasons that you just said. Every one of those, I, I think okay. you're dead on with that, very wise. If mm-hmm. indeed you think that he will stay in that home with you and, and those things can happen again, just as you said, then I think it makes all the sense in the world to go home. If, on the other hand, he leaves then I don't know what you accomplish. But now, again, you know, I, I'm, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't look in the future. I can't tell you what he's thinking or all those kinds of things. But if it were I, if it were I it's not, it's you. You make the decision. But if it were I, I'd go home. And the reason okay. I would is because of the fact that he said you can come home anytime you want to. And if I were going to do it, and you do what you think is best for you, but I'd probably preface it like this. I'd call and say, you know, I do want to come home, but I have a favor to ask of you. 
you said that if I come home, you're going to leave. And if that's what you choose to do, I respect your right to do that. But uh, to help me get acclimated back into home again, would you at least say a couple of free weeks before you make any kind of decision about what to do? And and don't push. Don't make it a demand. Don't, you know, it's it's something you just ask kindly, gently, without pushing. If he agrees, you may get right back to where you were, and all those things you just said will be applicable again. And mm-hmm. and we always tell people, you know, consider what the consequences are probably going to be. Do you think they're going to be this, or do you think they're going to be that? And and you can't tell for sure. Obviously, you're taking your best guess, but you know him, and I don't. If you were to make such a request of him. Do you think he might stay there for a couple of weeks? I think he would. Um, financially, he can't afford to move out, so that's a big deal. Uh, that's actually a good thing. So, <laughs> yeah, good financially, thing. he might be sort of trapped there. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as he doesn't feel cornered, okay? Yeah. So, so maybe then you do it. The, well, maybe, and again, I'm just giving suggestions. You know him, I don't. But maybe you call and say, mm-hmm. you know, you said I could come home anytime I want. Thank you for that offer. Unless you've changed your mind, I'm going to do that. And, uh, and I do ask that, that if you make any decisions, just wait a couple of weeks. Just give me some time to reacclimate. And if indeed he doesn't feel cornered and you get back there, then I can see all kinds of potential positives. But notice the word potential. Okay. Mm-hmm. Potential positives. It's not, it's not a guarantee. It's going to work like you think. Now, if it doesn't work like you think, at least you're still back in your own home. Okay. Right. Do you have a, any kind right. of support system around there if you need it? I, I don't really. Um, the reason why I came to Victoria is because my support system is here. This is where I grew up. This is home for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And home for us is Edmonton, which is quite far away from Victoria. Um, Mm -hmm. I do have one friend that I can see through this COVID thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But other than that, we'd sort of be alone besides our church. But, I mean, I can't see anybody at church right now because of COVID. Right. The reason I'm asking that question is if you're going to think about it, try to think about everything. And you try to think of all the scenarios you possibly can. One scenario will be, okay, what if I move there? And he does move out and I'm all alone. How is that going to affect me? That's why I was asking that question. So try to think about as many things as possible. Figure out what you think is likely to happen and then make your decision and do that. But here's what I'm hearing. I think you're going to move home. (laughs) And I hope that he's going to be the kind of guy, even if financially he doesn't, uh, even if it's for financial reasons that he stays, you sound to me like a very calm and reasonable person, not really reactionary, not super emotional. And that tells me that uh, it's a greater likelihood that things can work because I'm betting on you. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks. Okay. All right. Anything else I can do for you today? Um, no, I think that's good. Thank you very okay. much for your help. You're very welcome. You take care. Okay. Uh, I tell you what, we're dealing with a lot of people today who sound like they're just super intelligent people, and that's just awesome. I love that. Okay. Uh, now, we, uh, we got so many callers down here, and I'm so sorry that we can't ever get to all of them it's just not possible but um okay we're going to go to another one here and this one is tom and tom is in pennsylvania hi tom how are you today good joe how are you rocking and bopping how may i help you my friend okay um we have been married for 27 years and we have uh four children that are all grown and approximately about four months ago, my wife had come to me and said that she was no longer in love with me and that she didn't want to be with me anymore. Mm-hmm. We still do live together. Um, mm-hmm. she, she's asking us to be like roommates, which is super, super hard. Yeah. But uh, she has asked me recently to move out so she can work on herself. That way she can go get her own counseling. She can be by herself and things like that. And my question is, should I move out to give her that space? What do you want to do, Tom? I I want to save my marriage desperately. I do not want to move out. Okay. What happens when people move out? Now, I'm not not going to tell you what to do because I don't have the right to do that. 
Okay. You have to make your own decision. I can give you suggestions. I can give you things to think about, but ultimately it's your decision. And so I, I will not say you should or shouldn't. I can just help you think that through. And sometimes I'll even tell people what I would do in that situation. But again, I'm not you. Here's what we have seen over the many years we've been working with marriages, Tom. And by the way, the first nonprofit that I started, that my wife and I started to work with marriages was 26 years ago. And so we've been working with marriages for a long, long time. You understand? Typically okay. what happens is if they move, if one of you moves out, uh, if somebody is in danger, then that makes all the sense in the world. So, for example, if you were afraid that she was going to hurt you physically or she was doing things that were doing great damage to you psychologically and emotionally, we'd say that moving out makes a lot of sense because safety is number one. Or if you were doing those things to her, if you were hurting her physically or if you were damaging her psychologically and emotionally, we'd say, yeah, separation makes all the sense in the world because safety is crucial. But those are the only times, those are the only times that we suggest moving out. Because here's what typically happens. Once you are not in the same building, I don't know if you heard the previous caller or not, very intelligent lady up in Canada talking about her husband, and she had some really good insight into these things. But once you move out, then to some degree, tension is alleviated. And in essence, that's what she's telling you. She's saying, if you move out, then I have space. I can work on myself, see my own counselor. It's kind of a different way of saying what I just said. It's going to remove some of the tension. I don't have to think about this every day. I don't have to worry about our marriage or anything else. And so I'm asking for a situation where I don't have to deal with the reality as it is. And and when okay. people separate, when people separate, it's often difficult to get both of them to come back to the point of working on the marriage, because if they have a problem, working on the marriage can be tough. And so after separation, when you have a little bit of that relief, it can be extremely difficult to get both of them. And maybe one of them will, maybe one of them won't, maybe both of them won't, but it's extremely to get both of them where they're not willing to work on the marriage again. And so when people say, do you recommend that, that we move out, that we separate, our response always is, we don't recommend that at all unless there's danger. And in that case, we, we really recommend it. Now, that's a short answer in general. Now, let's come back to yep. you. You don't want to leave. You still love her. What do you think would oh, be accomplished absolutely. if you left? Really? What do I think will be accomplished? Yeah, um, for her. What do you really think it would accomplish for her? It would, just, it would just give her full freedom to do, you know, to do whatever. And basically, uh, I'm afraid that, you know, she would basically just, you know, like forget about me and completely move on or move on to somebody else. That's a possibility. That's a very possibility. Now, is there anything going on, Tom? And, and, and <laughs> forgive me if I sound abrasive because I don't mean to be. But is there some reason that she's afraid to be with you? Um, honestly, Joe, I, I have not. Uh, for about 16 years, I, I am, I'm actually a, a recovering addict. I've been clean for almost six years now. And I was addicted to prescription drugs. And for about 16 mm-hmm. years, I did uh, verbally and emotionally, you might say, abuse her and my kids. But you not know, in it, the it last like, years, is that correct? I'm sorry? But but you stopped that. I mean, that's not the case now. Oh, yeah. Is that what I'm hearing you say? for almost five years now. Okay. Because if you were abusing her now, I'd say, Tom, you need to get out and leave her alone. <laughs> but but you're telling yeah, me that, that you're not doing that. Tom, it's up to you. It's your choice. She may not like it that you won't move out. But it's back to the same thing we keep asking everybody. You know, what's the advantage if you do this? And what's the advantage if you do that? Where's the negatives? Where's the positives? And what I'm hearing you say pretty clearly is you don't see any positives in moving out. For no, either I one don't. Of you. Yesterday, if, if I don't move out and give her space, she's going to take it. Okay. Well, if she moves out, she moves out. But it's a lot tougher for her. Okay, if she does that, because now she's got to find a place to live. She's got to find a pay to wait, a way to pay for it and all those kinds of things. And and so sometimes we don't know if the person is giving an idle threat or if they're really going to do what they say. But when they start doing what they said they were going to do, that's when they start hitting reality head on. And it's not always as easy as they think it is. Okay, 
It's tough. So I'm not saying do anything just to irritate her. That's always a bad, bad motive. Don't do things out of vengeance. Don't do anything to try to control or dominate the other person. Those things are always bad. But, but... Yeah. If you make the stand that you believe is right and you're not doing it out of vengeance, you're not doing it to hurt the other person, you're not trying to control, then sometimes you'll do things they see as a push, but it's a thing you need to do. I'm going to take another call here about sex, interestingly. Just before I make that call, remember this. You guys can go to YouTube.com and then that long word, Marriage Helper, YouTube.com slash Marriage Helper. We have hundreds of videos there. And I will again recommend this podcast that our, our CEO, Kimberly, started. If you go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com, ItStartsWithAttraction.com, you can find it there. But the podcast, It Starts With Attraction, can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. And the one that will start tomorrow is one that I'm doing with her about emotional attraction. And then we have a husband that wants to ask a question about sex in the relationship. He's in New York. Hi, Mark. How may I help you today? Hey, Dr. Joe. Um, hope all is well. This is my first time calling or even actually hearing of you. Um, no. You're one <laughs> um, of the lucky ones. You've I, never heard of me. Good for you. <laughs> what can let me do for you, Mark? Yes, um, me and my wife have been married for five years, and mm-hmm. um, about to be six years in August. And over the years, um, and when I'm saying all this, I'm not trying to point fingers at her or anything. Okay, but, um, good. We, we, we haven't been, well, I've been desiring sex more often um, throughout the years. And um, she would deny me, saying she, you know, she's tired or, well, the first year of her marriage, she was pregnant, and even the second year as well. So she said, you know, her body's going through changes. She's never been like this. And mm-hmm. and, and I, I had to understand, but when all of that passed, there were still different excuses. Maybe I'm tired or, or, you know, not tonight, or there's always something. So over the years, I've always been saying, hey, you know, it means a lot to me, and I don't want to force you. I don't want to – because there was this one time where she just did it just to do it, and I, I, I was like, I hate this. I don't, I don't, don't want this. So recently she came to terms, and I, I, I guess it was highlighted to her that, you know, wait, I, I'm doing a bad job at this. So she repented and came before me and just kind of told me, hey, listen, I want to – don't want to do that. I want to be more consistent. But the thing is that um, I was happy, but I was angry because part of me was happy because I'm like, wow, I'm looking forward to this, but angry because I'm like, what happened to all the years of me pouring my heart to you to try to explain it as gentle as possible, never yelling or just trying to do be my best to be patient. So um, recently the other day, um, she wanted to be intimate. I kind of didn't because of that issue. Um, cause I don't want to hold nothing inside. And, um, she asked me why we, we didn't be intimate. And I, I, I back, I said, I'm dealing with a lot of hurt from all the prior years. And she rejected me at that night. She just was upset. And she was like, I can't believe we're going through this again. And she went to the other bed. I mean, she went to the living room and it was really that added a lot more to the hurt so we reconciled yeah we reconciled um yesterday and you know i you know told her i love you i still you know but at the same time i'm concerned with my healing that i'm healing properly so i was wondering what are the best suggestions to heal you know from this because um i know we're better today but I know there are sometimes those moments of just saying, is she going to reject me? Is she not? Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm just trying to deal with the hurt. How do I? Okay. So you felt rejected for well. several years. Now, if you go back further back into your, into your experiences together, way back, was there ever a time when she was uh, happy to have sex with you where you both felt like you had a great sex life going ever at any point? Yes. Yes, we did. Yes. Okay. And what changed that? What happened? I think maybe sometimes situations, because um, we went through financial hardship, she wasn't working, couldn't mm-hmm. find a job. I was the only one mm-hmm. working. And then I guess also she was a stay-at-home mom with both little ones. So at the time, they 
was like let's say one and two. They, they're fourteen months apart. So okay. she was so, trying to be stressed so out. So was there any particular and specific thing? I understand financial difficulties that can cause a lot of problems. And by the way, Mark, as I am a sexologist, and let me tell you something that we know in the sexological world, and that's this: when a female is fatigued, in other words, she really is tired physically or emotionally, spiritually, mentally. I mean, if she's really fatigued, it is almost impossible for a woman who is fatigued to become aroused and, and very difficult then for her to become orgasmic, which means that if indeed when she was saying I'm tired, if it was, if that was just an excuse, that's one thing, but if indeed she really was tired, so from the kids, she's tired from them or, or she's emotionally drained because she couldn't find a job or whatever, then what she was telling you really didn't have anything to do with you. It really had to do with her own body. But what I'm hearing you say, and unfortunately I'm running out of time, so I'm going to have to do this pretty fast. What I'm hearing you say is that for whatever reason, she finally reached a point where she thought, I'm not doing this right. This is not what I should be doing. I should be there for my husband. And that when she finally made the switch, the thing that you had always wanted, the thing that you've been looking for, the thing you've been hoping for, if you're religious, the thing maybe even you've been praying for, was here's a wife now who wants to make love to me. And, and what you did is what a whole lot of people do. So I'm not trying to beat you up or say that you're bad in any shape, fashion, or form. But it's amazing how often with either men or women, the thing that we wanted, that we've been frustrated because we didn't get, the thing that, that we have been angry about, even because of the fact that we didn't get, when finally all of a sudden we get it, rather than rejoicing in it, we get mad. Like now? Why now? And so it's very human, Mark. It's very human. But you already told us what the result of that was because of the hurt then that it, it bloomed inside of you. And then you told her about it. You said, I want to be open. I'm all for being open. But sometimes we have to ask ourselves the question, if I tell my spouse about this, who benefits? Does she? Does, do I? And if you're thinking, well, I would benefit because finally I got to tell her what I feel. Okay, I can understand that. But if really what you want as part of your marriage is a great sex life, which actually should be a part of every good marriage, then it kind of sabotages that. And so the question I'm hearing you ask is, okay, how do I deal with all the hurt from the past? And there's only one person that can handle that, Mark, and that's you. You're the one that has to look back and go, okay, I hurt. I hurt a lot. This frustrates me. I'm angry. I didn't get what I wanted, et cetera, et cetera. All those things we, I just talked about. And within you to make a decision because you see forgiveness, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about forgiveness, Mark. Forgiveness always starts as a decision, not as an emotion. If you decide to forgive her, and, and some of you ladies listening are saying, what do you mean forgive her? She didn't do anything wrong. Don't, don't try to assign blame here. We're talking about his emotions. We're talking about her emotions. I'm not assigning blame to anybody. Please, all of you out to understand that. I'm not blaming men. I'm not blaming women. I'm not blaming her. I'm not blaming Mark. Just hear this. If he has that hurt inside of him, then one way to deal with that hurt is to forgive and say, I forgive you. And that's a decision. It's not an emotion. And once you make that decision, then your emotions can follow. And then she probably also has to forgive you as well. Now, I realize I'm giving a very, very short answer. Unfortunately, I'm way over time. But if we let our emotions sabotage us, then the very things that we want, we don't get. And maybe we can talk about that more. I'm very, I'm very happy to do a whole episode on sex where I can talk about this in greater detail. Right now, I'm way over time, and so I'm going to have to end this program. Mark, I hope you guys work it out. Try to understand each other. Do your best for each of you to get past the pain. If you need to get professional help to help you get past that pain, I strongly suggest you get it so that you can have a great life together is in a married couple, both with marital satisfaction and sexual satisfaction. Okay. Hope to see you guys next week. So sorry I went over time today.